from the USA Today Network. Welcome to The Chop, a Rutgers football podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Ross, Chris Eisman, and Steve Edelson. That's right. It's time for The Chop, a Rutgers football podcast, our spring season, episode three of the spring. Practices continuing for the Scarlet Knights in Piscataway as they get ready for their spring game coming up the later of this month as we head into April now. Uh, Ryan Ross here with Chris Eisman. We're going to recap the past week of practice. We're going to take a look at the defensive line for the Scarlet Knights. But before we get to that, some news items here, Chris, at the top of the show. First one is about that spring game because we're going to have to wait an extra 24 hours to play now. Yeah, first of all, as I've said, the previous two spring podcasts that we've done, still waiting for the spring portion of spring practice. It's still cold outside, so hopefully with April now, the weather will start to warm up a bit. And, you know, Tuesday they were forced to practice inside the bubble because it was 35 degrees outside. So let's get it warmed up a little bit, please. Uh, You know, I I would like to put that request in. Um, But, yeah, as you said, Ryan, two pieces of of news. Um, First off, the spring game it has been pushed back one day. It'll be now Friday, April 22nd at SHI Stadium. Um, it'll be shown on Big Ten Network, Chris Carlin, Eric LeGrand, and Crystal Rich on the call. So if you're watching at home, you have that info. But it was originally scheduled for April 21st, but now, like you said, pushed back one day. So um, that's when uh, the spring game will be. All right, so an extra day we have to wait now to see the Scarlet Knights take the field against the Scarlet Knights. But one more day of waiting, no problem there. One more extra practice, I'm sure, to get in. So I'm sure the coaches love that as well. Maybe the players, not so much. They just want to get out there and and play as close to a real game as possible in this spring game. So that's April 22nd now, a Friday night in Piscataway. One more piece of news, Chris, uh, involves the offensive line. We talked a little bit about them last episode. Some news there for that unit. Yeah, so this morning, Cedric Pallant um, announced on Twitter that he was entering the transfer portal. Um, a little surprising, you know, he, he played 11 games last season, made six starts, but his role diminished as the season went on. Um, so he's going to look for a new opportunity elsewhere. Um, Rutgers, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, does have a lot more depth on the offensive line. When you factor in, you know, the four transfers that they brought in, um, the fact that they signed seven O-linemen in the 2022 recruiting recruiting class, and obviously, you know, those guys are going to need time to develop and and get ready to compete in the Big Ten. But Rutgers does have more depth on the offensive line, so they'll be able to absorb this. But, um, you know, Cedric Blount is, as I said, going to look for an opportunity elsewhere. All right, so that's one piece of news there from the offensive line. As for practice this past week, last week the team kind of getting back into it after their little spring break, uh, back in kind of full force this week now, two weeks under their belt after that break. What stood out to you this past week in practice, Chris, and what are some things that really caught your attention that our readers, viewers, listeners need to know about? Well, you know, it's interesting. I I think, and and this is something that we discussed with with Greg Schiano um, last week, this is the first time really since he's been back that it's hard to know what exactly Rutgers will look like in its season opener against Boston College. The past two seasons, they had so many returning starters. You kind of knew who was going to be getting those roles on, on both sides of the ball. You kind of knew what they were going to look like. There were certain spots up for grabs, but for the most part, by and large, you knew what this team was going to be. This this season is is more of a toss-up. It's really kind of unclear at this point who exactly Rutgers is going to go with. 
Um, you know, who, who Greg Schiano likes on that offensive line. Obviously, we know the quarterback situation. Will it be Noah Vedral? Will it be Gavin Wimsat? You know, Evan Simon is certainly pushing for that spot. But obviously, all eyes have been on Vedral and, and, and Wimsat for, uh, for certain. Um, and then on, on defense, there's, there's several spots that they have to fill. So this is really the first time. There's a lot of intrigue of what Rutgers will look like against Boston College in the season opener. And, and I think that's what's kind of been something that has stood out to, to a lot of people in, in spring practices. And it's something that Greg Schiano has talked about a lot, that there's a lot of competition at several spots, and, and really more than several, a, more, a bunch of spots. And this is the most competitive the program has been in a long time, really, since he's been back for sure. And that's kind of taken – uh, a real hold of, of spring practice It's guys competing, battling for spots, trying to, you know, outwork each other and, and show that they you know, try to earn those roles. So I think that that's something that's really kind of stood out. It's just kind of the level of competition, the energy at spring practice. So, you know, that's been something that um, I think that a lot of people have been, have been talking about. Yeah. And that's a, that's a huge component of spring practice. Of course, you know, sometimes people might think it's a workout, it's guys getting in shape, it's guys staying in shape, but that's a huge component of spring practice is the competition aspect. You have either starters returning from last year who are trying to beat out challengers, some, some backups that are trying to take their position, or you have a vacancy where a starter from last year is, is gone and you have some backups competing to play. You have guys changing positions. So there, the competition aspect is really a huge part of spring practice because you want to get it kind of figured out by the time the fall comes around because then you're starting the game plan and get ready for the season. But we heard from Greg Schiano and the audio here from Rutgers. He sounds very pleased with the level of competition in practice, especially this past week. Here's what the Rutgers head coach had to say. I mean, I, I mentioned it to, today in the team meeting. They said the competitive level is going up and has gone up every step of the way, and that's the way it's going to be. So what was good enough a year ago is not good enough anymore. You won't be able to play at Rutgers if that's how you perform. And, uh, you know, and if that doesn't happen, then we're not going to get better. So it has to happen. It's kind of the theme of this entire program, really, with Greg Schiano coming back for his second tenure in Piscataway, kind of just building on what you established previously. And, you know, last year they, they have the season where they get kind of a surprise bowl bid. They may be overachieved in some aspects, they underachieved in others, and it's about building on that season. And then when you bring it down to a smaller level, winning those position battles in practice and, and competing against your fellow teammates to get that starting role and getting the best out of each other. That's the spirit of competition when it comes to this. So it seems like Shiano is, is pleased with what he's seeing in practice. Yeah. I, I thought he was pretty candid there. I mean, and, and I think that that's necessary for this program to get going in the direction that it wants to go in. Right. I mean, it has to be better at every spot and players have to push each other for those roles and, and, and bring the best out in practice because that's, what's going to translate to games. And listen, you know, Rutgers is in an interesting spot. The last few years, they obviously did not have enough Big Ten caliber talent to be consistently competitive in that in a conference like that. Now they have they've brought in more Big Ten caliber talent, but that talent's young. It's a younger program at this point, so those guys are going to need time to develop and improve. So that's kind of where they are right now. And and we'll get into this in a little while when we talk about the defensive line. But you know, they certainly have young guys who who have a lot of potential and are vying for spots. But, you know, and I think that that's what's really, you know, kind of excited a lot of the coaching staff. But again, it's going to take time for those guys to be ready. And then that's why these spring practices are so vital, you know, and then there'll be time off, obviously. And then, you know, you get into training camp and things will continue. But certainly there, there's, you know, a lot more talent in this program. And, 
for, for, as I said, for this program to get going in the way that it wants to, it, it needs those guys to really, you know, start to develop and, and improve. And the other side of that is some of these established starters, some of the upperclassmen who are back for another season with the Scarlet Knights. You want to see them continue to improve as well. Guys that were sophomores or juniors last year that showed some promise, that showed that they belong in the Big Ten, that they can compete at that level. You want them to continue to develop uh, you know, as they become seniors now this year. It's, it's something that you certainly want to see. So it's not just the younger guys moving into roles, but it's some of the older guys improving the roles that they already have. And, and older guys who have come into the program. Look, I'm really interested to see when the season gets going, you know, what, how does Taj Harris and, and Sean Ryan fit in? You know, two really good wide receivers. I mean, Taj Harris was one of the best wide receivers that Syracuse had ever had in its history before transferring to Rutgers and, and coming back home. He's obviously uh, from South Jersey. So, And we spoke to Sean Ryan um, earlier this week, and, and he was saying, you know, how much – you know, he, he's an Erasmus Hall product – um, in Brooklyn. And, you know, there's several Erasmus Hall grads on the, in this program. And, and he said, look, looking from afar, he saw some of his former teammates, guys who, you know, he was close with kind of being a part of this program. And, and he liked the way that they were being treated and, and kind of what how they viewed Rutgers. And he said he wanted to be a part of that. So he transferred in from West Virginia. But, you know, it's definitely all the guys now who, who are kind of helping to increase that competition level and, and bring more speed and athleticism to the program, which, again, Rutgers need more of. So I think that that's something that I'm also interested to see, you know, as things get going, you know, how are those guys going to fit in? But I, I think that's certainly going to help. And, and to your point, Ryan, it's, it's not just young guys, it's veterans too, who now have to compete against other veterans. Absolutely. And it's, it's certainly going to be interesting to watch over the next couple of weeks as we work towards that April 22nd, 22nd, not 21st spring game. Now, not the 21st, the 22nd for the Scarlet Knights for that spring game one day later now. But uh, as we look at some of these positions uh, in the three episodes that we've done now for the spring, we've talked a lot about the offensive line. Of course, we've talked about the quarterback position. We've mentioned linebackers and some of the skill guys and the wide receivers. What about this defensive line? Because, of course, you know, the coaching philosophy is, is that you win from within, right? You win with the lines, the guys in the trenches, the offensive line, the defensive line, kind of the foundation of each unit. We've talked about the offensive line and the depth they have. But when you look at this Scarlet Knights defensive line, Chris, what has stood out to you so far in practice? So this line obviously has to replace some key pieces, right? I mean, Julius Turner, last the last couple of years, has been – was – huge for them as that tilted nose guard position. Um, I mean, he was just a menace for opposing offenses. And then obviously Mike Divertoff, defensive end, has been was a mainstay of this program for a while. They have to replace him. But when you look at this group, it, it's probably, arguably, the strongest position group that Rutgers has. When you combine the, the veterans, guys like Mayan Ahanatu, Efine Maijay, guys who those two guys transferred into the program over the last few years, um, and they've kind of taken on real leadership roles. But then you also look at the young guys in that unit, guys like Aaron Lewis, who was essentially splitting reps with Tavert off last season. Um, obviously, Muhammad Ture comes back. He's a veteran guy at uh, defensive end. He's kind of in a hybrid defensive end linebacker role, but he's been really solid for them as well. Um, and then you have Keontae Hamilton, who I'm really interested to see his development once the season gets started and kind of also through the end of spring practices. And then into training camp, I think he has the potential to be a really, really good player, an impact player in the Big Ten if he continues to develop and kind of continue the trajectory that he's been on. He impressed last season, and obviously, you know, he, he he's also a wrestler for Rutgers. Um, he's a really big, strong, athletic, physical kid. 
Uh, and Greg Schiano at one point last season called him a rising star. I mean, he, he played nose guard and defensive end at one point, you know, both spots in, in one game. I mean, he, he's a really versatile, uh, really versatile player for them. And I, I'm, I think he's going to have a chance to make a really, really big impact this season. Um, you look at a guy like Cameron Stewart, another young player who, who has a lot of potential. And then they brought in more players in, in the recruiting class, guys like Kenny Fletcher from Delran and K.R. Price from DePaul, you know, really fast athletic defensive ends. So there's talent now that's ready to contribute in 2022. And then there's even more talent, younger talent in the pipeline mm-hmm. that those guys are going to have the chance to make an impact down the line in the future. And they're playing for a, a coach in Marquise Watson who, and we'll, we'll talk about this, but you know, who by all accounts, they really like it. And, and he's doing a great job of kind of trying to get them together and, and really increase the bond within that room. So, you know, I think that that unit is something that should excite Rutgers fans a lot. And again, this is all, you know, we can talk about it all day long. Will the performances translate to the field? I mean, that that's the big key. You know, will it actually happen once the season gets started? But I think in terms of potential and what this could turn into, I think that's that this should be a real strength for the Scarlet Knights. And, and they'll need it because, of course, the Big Ten, I mean, no shortage of great offensive lines, first and foremost, in the Big Ten. Plenty of good quarterbacks as well and running backs. So the Scarlet Knights will certainly need to rely on something like that uh, to, to help bring success this season. Because, like I said, you know, it starts with the lines, the offensive line. They're still kind of figuring out with their depth. But uh, defensive line, it seems to be uh, a strong point, like you said, Chris, for this team. Here's what Greg Schiano had to say about his defensive line. There is depth. You're right. Some really good young prospects in that D-line. Marquise Watson, Coach Watson's doing a great job with those guys. He's bringing them along. There's a great camaraderie. You can see they're having fun out there. And uh, I I think we'll get some really good prospects in the defensive front. So he's certainly excited there, not only about the players he has on the field for that defensive line, but their coach as well, a guy we just mentioned, Marquise Watson. Uh, we'll play a couple clips from him in a minute, but if you want to talk uh, energy and excitement, this is uh, this sounds like a great guy for these defensive linemen to, to be coached under because he certainly loves his job. Yeah, absolutely. He's a Hillside uh, native. He played football at Paramus Catholic. Uh, so he's a New Jersey guy, and he spent the last two years working on Lane Kiffin's staff down at Ole Miss. And we got the chance to talk to him for the first time on Tuesday. And we heard all about, you know, he was a very energetic guy, how enthusiastic he was. And we had talked to Maya Nahana too about kind of his coaching style. But then when you see it, you know, up close, I mean, this guy has a ton of energy, a ton of enthusiasm. He's, I mean, he's not just, you know, to say that someone's excited about being back is one thing, but then to actually see it and kind of the way he he acted when he was asked about it. I mean, he's really thrilled to be back at, at in New Jersey and, and coaching at Rutgers. So, you know, it was it that I mean, that definitely shown through. There was no question about that. Yeah, and that's that's great. And it, it becomes kind of contagious when the coach has that that energy and enthusiasm. We talked about it last episode for kind of the recruiting trail for the Scarlet Knights. They want to recruit guys that are not only good football players, of course, but who love football so when you have a coach that loves football as much as some of these recruits coming in it certainly seems like a a promising partnership for the scarlet knights let's hear from coach watson talking about that energy he brings to the practice and the energy he wants to see from his players Uh, it's been awesome it's it's been really good Uh, a lot of excitement uh, a lot of energy uh the guys are playing hard uh it's crazy the things that Coach Shadow have instilled in these guys is amazing. And it's just energy on both sides of the ball. The, the, the energy is, is amazing. 
There you go. And and Coach Yano, of course, kind of a, a defensive mind when it comes to uh, coaching up football and to have uh, Coach Watson now under him. It seems like a good partnership so far, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that, you know, you bring back a guy and, and, and it's not just with what he's been able to do with the players that he has now, but Marquise Watson has been a really, really good recruiter for them so far. And, and he's made a big impression that way. And, and remember, Rutgers had to replace one of the best recruiters in the country in Fran Brown. So the fact that Marquise Watson has really stepped into this role as a, as a high level recruiter. And he said that he learned a ton about high level recruiting at Ole Miss working for Lane Kiffin. And he's kind of now brought that back. And obviously being a New Jersey guy, being that enthusiastic and excited about Rutgers. I mean, to have a coach like that, who you can go now send into high schools and talking to players and potential and recruits about what this program can do and the future of it. I mean, that's a huge thing. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it was a great fit for, for both sides, for both Marquise Watson and Rutgers to have a coach like that who, who replaced uh, Jim Panagos, obviously on this uh, revamped coaching staff. Uh, but there's no doubt. I think it was, it was a really good fit for both sides. And as you, you know, we'll hear from him. He's, he's to say he's excited to be back. And as I said earlier, that would be a, a significant understatement. <laughs> and it's a theme, though, we've seen from some of these Rutgers coaches that we've talked about so far on the show. Uh, guys that have ties to the area, whether they're from here, went to high school here, played college here, whatever it might be. Guys that are from the area that have ties to New Jersey, that know the layout of the of the land when it comes to the football scene in the state at the, the high school level to be able to recruit these players. And, you know, kind of the pride aspect that this is the, the home state team, more or less. Uh, you kind of hear that from from several coaches and you especially hear it from Coach Watson when he talks about being back in New Jersey here. Oh, it's amazing. I'm from Jersey. Most of us are from Jersey. This, this is our state. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting. I've had multiple other stops from different places, but you always check where home is and always see how home is going. What is it doing? And Coach Yano is back, you know, the godfather. So, so, so we could not be more excited. And it's been amazing. It's been awesome. I think that really just speaks to the theme. I mean, the, the whole thing for Rutgers is we know there's plenty of talented high school football players in the state. The challenge has been getting them to stay home and, and being able to to keep away some of the intruders that might come in to, to recruit some of these players away. So when you kind of have that that home state pride instilled in not only the coaching staff, it helps them on the recruiting trail, but it helps them coach up some of these guys who are local from the New York, New Jersey area. Yeah, absolutely. And we should mention, too, that this is the, actually the second stint for Watson at Rutgers. He was here in 2018 as he was just kind of starting out his coaching career. Um, and then he left. And now he's obviously, you know, he's returned under Greg Schiano in this current regime. Um, but, yeah, there's no doubt. And, and listen, you know, Schiano has discussed this in the past that I believe it was signing day when he talked about it. He said, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter where you're from, but, you know, it's all about relationships and, and you know, getting to know guys and maintaining those relationships. That's kind of what makes you a good recruiter that and hard work, obviously, you know, putting in the effort to get to know people, but certainly it helps. I mean, to have somebody who's from New Jersey and knows the landscape of, of football within the state, um, that's a big deal. And, and, you know, it's, it's significant when you hear a guy like Marquise Watson, who's that excited about being back and, and kind of how that can translate when he goes out on the recruiting trail and talks to kids, as I said, and it, that's, that's significant. I hope that that Godfather thing for for Greg Schiano catches on. I can see the bootleg T-shirts in the uh, in the parking lot being sold before the game with like Schiano's head photoshopped on Marlon Brando with like the font. I could see that catching on. I like that. Yeah, I have a feeling that is not going to be the last time we hear about that. <laughs> well, well, we'll keep a close tab on the Godfather's football team as this podcast continues. Uh, Chris, as we get ready to wrap up here, just anything to look for in the coming weeks? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, you know, we're gonna you know continue to to kind of follow the, the evolution of this team over spring practices and 
again, this is not the end of anything. I mean, this is just, you know, spring practice is not training camp. And, and this is really just kind of more development evaluation. It's, it's seeing how, you know, I, I, the one thing that I am really interested to see and, and Rutgers as they get to start scrimmaging uh, more and then obviously leading into the spring game is, is what this offensive line will start to look like. And, and what does Greg Schiano think about it? Um, that's going to be the biggest key. And, you know, we've talked about it ad nauseum in the past. I mean, this offense will only go as far as the offensive line will allow it to go and it needs to improve. It has to become more consistent. And I think that that's going to be a huge story is, is how much can these, you know, these transfers help, um, who gets opportunities, which of those guys will play the most. Will any of them start? How many will start? What about any of the young guys? Will they get opportunities? I think that that's going to be really interesting to follow and see. And then obviously we'll get, you know, Greg Schiano's thoughts on that at some point and, you know, here as, as spring practices continue. And then obviously the quarterback situation between, you know, Noah Vegel and Gavin Wimsat and, you know, what's Evan Simon's development, but certainly, you know, and, and it's going to be interesting too, because in the spring game on April 22nd, we should note not 21st, the 22nd um, again, we'll note that we'll keep noting that, <laughs> but that's going to be the first time that Gavin Wimsat gets to play in front of home fans. So, you know, they're going to get to see him in, in live in person for the first time. So that's a significant, uh, you know, day for, for the program. So those are the things that I'm, I'm really going to continue to watch and, and follow, obviously, as uh, spring practices continue. Yeah. And as we record here on Friday, April 1st, exactly three weeks from today, we'll be watching the Scarlet Knights take the field in that spring game on April 22nd. So certainly a lot can happen over the course of the next three weeks. And we plan to discuss it all with you right here on this podcast. Of course, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe so you get those notifications every time we drop a new episode. And also be sure to follow Chris's reporting on the Scarlet Knights. Follow him on NorthJersey.com, APP.com. Give him a follow on Twitter as well. And Thank you for listening to The Chop, the spring edition, episode three. We will be back next week to recap the week of practice for the Scarlet Knights, and we hope that you'll join us for that. For Chris, I'm Ryan, and we'll talk to you next week.